0: i Spaces Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Secret Spaces featuring Shade Protocol. Let's take a listen.
1: Hello. This is Tor back on the mic for Secret Spaces. This week, Tuesday, May 24th, we are hosting the Shade Protocol team for this week's Secret Spaces. Thanks, everybody, for coming today and to all of our Secret Spaces, which are always Tuesdays. At this time, 5 p.m. UTC, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Sometimes we have special editions. Today is our regular edition, uh, but with a very special team talking about Silk. Uh, Stablecoins are a super hot topic right now. That is going to be the main topic of conversation today. And we're super excited to be hosting Shade Protocol, uh, building on and for Secret Network and innovating in a lot of ways about stablecoins uh structures etc um we are just going to give a couple minutes here for the space to fill in if you're listening here please do me and do the shade protocol team a huge favor get this link shared around to the spaces share it in your communities uh anybody who's been talking about stable coins including uh what happened in the luna and ust ecosystem will probably be really really interested in what the shade team has to say so do us a favor do them a favor get this link shared around we're going to go for the next hour There's going to be some alpha dropped. It's going to be exciting. We'll kick off here with introductions in just a second, but let's give some time to pack the room and get people in today because there's just so much that we can be covering. Let's give it a couple minutes, but do us that favor, and we'll just get started in a second.
2: Yeah, I'm just uh, Carter speaking here. Thank you for everyone who uh, supports these Twitter spaces on a regular basis, and just like thank you to the Secret Foundation, Secret Network uh, for consistently bringing stories and content to everyone uh, about what's going on in our, our, our ecosystem. Um, It's such a, it's such a valuable thing, these Twitter spaces and it takes, it takes a lot of effort. I've seen the work behind closed doors to prepare notes and questions. And so just really, really strong shout out to, to everything that you guys are doing. Well, it's awesome
1: to have you back on for secret spaces. We've had shade come and talk a little bit before. But with everything that's happened with UST and everything else, I know you guys have been working a lot on the models, working a lot, uh, thinking about the potential risks to any stablecoin algorithmic or otherwise, um, in the Web3 ecosystem. So we're really going to be interested to hear all of your thoughts on that today. Uh, we'll give it exactly 30 more seconds again. Go grab the link to this space, drop it in a telegram or a discord that you're a part of that, you know, other people are really curious about this topic. If you're in the Terra community, come share it with some of the other people there who have been thinking through, you know, there's the Terra 2.0 relaunch. There's also uh, a lot of interest now in better integrating the cosmos, not around a single stable coin, but, you know, multiple stable coins to reduce maybe uh, the the odds of having a central point of failure for for things just because there's so much experimentation going on right now it's absolutely needed uh and shade is doing a lot of that experimentation but they won't be the only ones doing that experimentation they're just looking to kind of light the way forward on this stuff so if you've been thinking about these same issues in the Terra ecosystem um thinking about possible implementations you're definitely going to want to hear what they have to say today i think at this point we can oh go ahead man
2: Oh, I was going to say to add to that, be sure to join the secret network community and the shape protocol community. Um, actually, I'll leak this this little bit of alpha here, but we actually have Ooh. the um, shape. Well, it's not, this isn't like product alpha, but we have, actually have Shade protocol forums are going to be going live soon. And so super looking forward to having like at length out in the open discussions. Discord has been a really cool medium. Like we've seen the community gather around the economics channel and the PEG research and have like really cool dialogues out in the open. Um, but super pumped to have long form discussions where anyone in the cosmos can, can hop in and um, give, give feedback and, and get up to speed on the, the in-depth research surrounding Silk. That's awesome.
1: All right, well, at any rate, the one thing I'll say before we kick off is follow Shade Protocol because all of these calls to action will certainly come through the Shade account. They'll let you know where to go to continue the conversation. Uh, but we're ready to kick off. We're seven past the hour. We'll go to the top of the hour. This is Secret Spaces. We do this every week. This week with Shade Protocol, talking about silk, stable coins, et cetera. Let's quickly start with uh, just a personal introduction. I know who you are. Not everybody here does. So, n- mysterious man behind the Shade Protocol account, please introduce yourself to our audience.
2: <laughs> 100%. Thank you, Tor. So, for anyone who doesn't know me, this is Carter Wetzel. I'm one of the lead researchers and economists for Shade Protocol. Been in this space since 2017, spent three years writing a book called Building Confidence in Blockchain, Um, been really into the stablecoin space since MakerDAO, and have always been a really big fan of of privacy and thus Seeker Network from, from day one. So had a chance to get integrated into this community early on during all of the highs and lows and see this community develop into something truly beautiful. And I always feel like if you're gonna build products, you need to go where there's ethos alignment. Um, and I think privacy-preserving stable coins, privacy-preserving DeFi, I think there's such a uh, important. It's such an important market that we're gonna see continue to develop. And that's always what's drawn me to the Secret Network community is its uh, its its emphasis on on the privacy. So that's a little bit about me. Been hard at work uh, on the Silk Research side of things. It's been over a year. I think I think it's crazy to look back on like this project is already a year plus old in terms of research and, and development. And it's, it's really maturing into something almost ready to go onto the market. Um, obviously there's, <laughs> there's a lot of research to be done in, in light of recent events, but this is rapidly becoming a mature project in, in many ways, although it's kind of hilarious to call a year mature, but in the world of crypto a year is a decade. Yeah. Or more <laughs> crypto years are getting uh
1: Yeah, I I don't know whether we're talking about compression or expansion. I'm kind of backwards on this right now. But yeah, every day feels a little bit longer. And and things that used to happen over decades, yeah, happened in hours. Um, And the most recent example of this might be a really good place to start. Um, So before we maybe get into Silk specifically and what Shade is trying to innovate on, obviously people listening to this know there's going to be some kind of aspect of native privacy involved because Secret is involved. But let's start with UST. And luna Uh, a lot of people here probably heard about this but maybe some didn't Uh, luna is the native coin of the terra ecosystem they had a native stable coin in their ecosystem called ust there's an economic link between luna minting and burning and with adoption of ust their stable coin it's an algorithmic model and it feeds back on itself but this is also one of the main risks. In an expansionary period, things look like they're going okay. And then recently, we saw this month, uh, a very rapid contraction, almost like a run on the bank. Uh, And it sort of blew up the economic model of Terra and UST. And a stable coin that was supposed to be stable uh, was anything but, Uh, essentially was reduced to zero. And it's forced a reckoning for a lot of different projects and developers. It also hurt a lot of people financially. Uh, many of which are in the secret ecosystem or close to the secret ecosystem, as we're all connected via IBC. So maybe start there, Carter, if you can. Like, what were the fundamental risks then of UST? We and we can also talk about like what what some of the benefits were. Obviously, it was a very experimental and powerful idea that Terra was implementing. But what were the fundamental risks, and then why did it happen to collapse the way that it did in such a dramatic fashion?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a very nuanced there's there's a lot of nuance to to what occurred in. and before I before I tee off here and talk about the the key risks, I do want to acknowledge that Shape Protocol and Silk had, you know, many similarities to to UST. So there has been a distinct pivot on Silk side, and we can obviously talk about that more further down the line. So the first thing I want to talk about are the assumptions of Terra's model. There was really three core assumptions. There's the supply absorption assumption, which says that there's, there's essentially two ways to redeem uh, UST. You can essentially sell it on the market and there's enough liquidity that you can get a dollar worth of asset on the other side of the pool, or you can redeem one UST for a dollar worth of Luna. And this, this supply absorption mechanism worked. I mean, if we're being honest, it worked extremely well for the last year and a half. Everything points to that as a mechanism, the idea that um, Luna could absorb the liabilities of all the UST outstanding. It, it proved to be fairly effective uh, on average, right? Like it, it, it works until it doesn't. Um, and so the supply absorption mechanism is i think it's a, i think it's a beautiful system but it's been proven to be unstable and i've been listening to a lot of different you know people do analysis on on the collapse of it and everyone's now pointing to like hey like the only way to do things going forward is over collateralization and i think uh, in in the world of of crypto we always need to be open to experimentation and to say that terra is an experiment that went so wrong that the supply absorption mechanism is ineffective I think is I think is, is it's dangerous to make that assumption. I think that specific economic um, lever is actually super strong. There just needs to be a lot more research done on how to safely incorporate that. Um, so that's the supply absorption mechanism. You expand supply, you absorb volatility. That's that's assumption number one. Um, assumption number two is what I call the open liability issuance uh, assumption, and I think this is actually at the heart of why Terra broke. I, everyone keeps throwing out. Different, different reasons for why it broke. But I think the biggest problem is, uh, let's imagine this scenario. A user buys uh, Luna at $30, right? And let's say Luna goes up to $100. What they could then do is burn $100 worth of Luna and mint out 100 UST. And every single UST is a promise that there's a dollar worth of value backing it, right? And the protocol has to ultimately answer to that liability. The problem is, is if Luna drops back down to $30, but that UST got issued at $100, there's by default this asset to liability mismatch. And the, this, this core problem meant that as Luna continued to grow aggressively over time, um, any sort of UST that was issued during the bull market had to be accounted for at a much lower price during the bear market. And this is like at the heart of why Luna broke. More than just like Anchor having a cascading uh, effect on UST, more than the liquidity problem, I think that is the heart of the thing is that it's actually dangerous for any entity to be able to mint out a liability that the protocol ultimately has to answer for in the long run. So that like starts to open up some questions like when should people be able to mint out a stablecoin? over collateralized systems it's, it's pretty straightforward right like you have to put up an over collateralized amount of value then you can mint out a liability because you have assets back in the liability but during the algorithmic model with Terra, it was it was complete free free reign right like anyone can mint out ust at any time using by, by burning luna um and that's partially by necessity right like the arbitrage mechanism to keep ust at peg kind of like you needed to have it not be capped in, in many ways so it's extremely complex, but those are those are the main the main problems. the supply absorption model it works, but not if you have a really sharp change in um liquidity and volatility and then the liability issuance assumption of Terra's model I think was truly at the the heart of it.
1: There's obviously a lot to dig up here because it's an extremely complex system in some ways, even if it seems really basic on the surface, obviously there's a a lot of considerations here. All these things exist. All these things exist in a broader context of broader systems. Um, And you have to consider all of those risks. Some of those risks exist in the, in the social layer of protocols. Some of those risks uh, are in how all of the different applications, utilizing the stablecoin all interrelate and talk to each other. You know, anchor specifically played a role, in all of this in a key way. Um, I think fundamentally what happened here, though, is just like, there was so much interconnectedness relying around the usage of UST across multiple different IBC-enabled chains, and also not IBC-enabled chains, going back into the you know the Avalanche ecosystem or the ETH ecosystem, there was so much interdependency. How was the Cosmos ecosystem impacted in particular? would you think, uh, Carver? Because that's where we are now. Secret is an IBC-enabled chain. We're passionate about building out all these IBC-enabled networks. Uh, how how do you think this ecosystem in particular was hit by this?
2: Yeah, I mean, pretty much any any ecosystem that had UST on it, um, there's, there is this rapid rush to start bridging things off certain DeFi products. I know Osmosis, there was a potential attack vectors that were emerging from from the luna side of things um specifically too i know on ethereum there was a couple projects that had hard-coded ust into their oracle at, at a certain rate um, people pretty much were coding expecting a stable coin to always hold its value and so i think i think that was kava it could be wrong that saw some serious some serious problems emerge so I would say collectively from the cosmos, what everyone learned is if you're going to build a DeFi protocol that's dependent on a stablecoin, you need to expect that stablecoin to, to go to zero. Which is like a very, it's like a very obvious thing to uh, like assume, but developers sometimes take take shortcuts for simplicity's sake. So I think there's a lot to be learned about oracle design in relation to catastrophic catastrophic events. Um, more specifically. I would say the Cosmos has been deeply impacted because of the liquidity. I mean, UST was rapidly becoming a go-to desired uh, token on Juno, on Secret Network, on Osmosis, and to have it go to zero really re-challenges our concept of of what a stable stable asset is. And I think the most liquid assets are becoming more valued uh, in the larger Cosmos. Like L1, L1s, it was, there was a rush to go to L1s, right? Like to, to get out of UST and, and to go to something that has uh, uncorrelated value from, from that entire system. I think it's going to take a while for, for DeFi and Cosmos to recover just because we had closer proximity to UST in, in many ways than, than Ethereum and other protocols. Um, and yeah, also the workles, the, the, the design
1: component. Gotcha. So what did we I I mean, it sounds like you guys learned a lot from the collapse of UST specifically, right? So when I say what did we learn, I mean there's all kinds of learnings we could have in an ecosystem at large. I'm curious, maybe first let's talk from the perspective of what did Shade learn from the collapse of UST and what what did that make you guys think about differently? Again, before we get into Silk specifically, just like how is this making you think differently about things?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's crazy because we were we were a, a bunch of us were gathered around at the office as it was all happening. And it's uh, so much of, of Silk's model was going to be algorithmic out of the gates. And so watching the model break down in real time, it's, it was uh, I, I think I jokingly tweeted out. I learned more in one day than I have in the last like two years about stable coins, because once something breaks, the, you realize the assumptions that the model was making. Um, and that's where the greatest learning happened as a group. We, we, we saw these assumptions in the model that we were on the verge of inheriting. And as a team, we knew within like two, three hours, like what was wrong with like the model. Um, and that's like hindsight's always 20, 20 And I think you have to have the humility to acknowledge like when you were on track to inherit certain assumptions from someone else's model. And we, we definitely were. So what did we learn from it? We learned that you can't can entirely trust the supply absorption model. We learn that the market probably is not going to be trusting algorithmic stable coins anytime soon, which is which is completely, completely fair. Um, we learn that the thing that kills stability more than anything else is depth of liquidity, right? So having really deep protocol and liquidity, having locked liquidity are not just like nice to have, they're absolute necessities. And I think the the curve curve and what happened with UST and three pool, four pool, all that stuff, but proves that you need to have deep, deep liquidity. It's, it's not just, a, it doesn't just bring utility to the stable coin. It's the lifeline of the stable coin is that locked um, liquidity. So I think it made us as a team go back to the drawing board and rechallenge all of our assumptions that we were inheriting from Terra. Um, and it's this really just deep and rich da- data set to, to draw from um we're also seeing so many community members from from terra i think entering into other ecosystems and so being able to learn um from people that were just so embedded into the ecosystem and understanding where we can where we can grow from it um i think that's absolutely invaluable and so I've, for me like it's it's a humbling experience because i've i've talked with many of the terra developers i've met them in person and i was a huge huge fan of the protocol and so to have everything you've kind of believed kind of kind of go to zero to just completely break like that um it's it's a very it's a hum, it's a humbling moment and i think the the challenge of building a decentralized stablecoin like when everything broke i i got really fired up the whole team got fired up because it was like can we pull off can can we pull this off right like there's this really big opportunity here to do it safer to do it right um to do it with with humility and and um learning from from what happened and I, I think that's our biggest takeaway. We we it's a challenge. It's a challenge now to 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 grow from what was done. And so we have a lot to thank for Terra. And that's heartbreaking to say, right? Like I, my heart goes out to all the people that have lost hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, billions of dollars. Like it's it's terrible what happened. Um, but that is that is the experiment of 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 crypto and decentralized finance. Um, everything's an experiment and you should assume that all the experiments will fail. This one happened to be a huge one, but it's data. And now it's time to to move forward, gather ourselves and, and continue towards the dream of building a privacy-preserving, decentralized stablecoin.
1: Incredible. So it sounds like, I mean, uh, the next question that I have queued up here is is maybe more rhetorical uh, than anything, because it sounds like we have a pretty good answer to this. But is the dream of algo stablecoins dead as a result of all of the I mean, I think it's fair to call it carnage from, mm-hmm. from what happened with UST. So is the dream dead, Carter? Tell me.
2: I think, I think trust in algo stablecoins is dead for, for the foreseeable future. And that is absolutely the correct stance to hold, I think, just because the market's proven that it's very dangerous to trust algo stablecoins. Um, is the dream of an algorithmic stablecoin dead? no like there's economists there's there's like if you look at the world of traditional finance there is non-fully collateralized sovereign currencies like it's it's proven to work is it possible to pull that off within a decentralized context there's an argument to say no that it's not possible um but i personally believe if we can combine elements of over collateralized systems um with some sort of algorithmic component over the long haul then we give ourselves a shot at creating something flexible, but that's biased towards robustness and and safety and security. Um, I think Frax as an ecosystem is is like super innovative. And like everyone that believes that algo stable coins could work should be kind of looking to them for inspiration to a degree. They've done great stuff. Um, and for Silk, I, I suppose this is probably a good time to transition to like, what is Silk? Well, Silk a month or two ago was a privacy preserving, you know, stablecoin tied to a basket of global currencies and commodities that was using a algorithmic model. But the beauty is from, from day one, Silk actually planned to have an over collateralized component to it. Uh, the order of launch was going to be Silk launches an algo and then the over collateralized component gets added in later on. So we'd actually been building the over collateralized component of Silk since well, it's been five plus months at this point. So now as a team, we kind of went back to the drawing board and realized, wait a second, we can launch Silk using this over collateralized model that's very safe, very proven, where we are assuming the assumptions of other over collateralized models like MIM and like your DAO. Um, And then we can have a degree of modularity. So in the future, we can add in algorithmic components into Silk, but only after we've done an immense amount of simulation and research. And only after we have risk parameters in place that are incredibly biased towards robustness and, and keeping it um, as safe as, as humanly possible. So, ultimately, what is Silk? Privacy preserving stablecoin, a basket of global currencies and commodities. It's launching as uh, an over collateralized stablecoin using a safe and proven model, but it has modularity so that in the future we can modify the re- redemption um, and issuance components of, of Silk to be something more dynamic and biased towards growth. But we can't launch it as an algo, and I don't see it migrating to an algo model uh, anytime soon because there's just so much data to sift through with Terra. Um, and community sentiment doesn't trust the algorithmic component because there is a lot of research left to be done. So that's kind of the, the summary of is the dream of algorithmic stablecoins dead? Um, the other piece I'll say about Silk is everyone's been focused on launching uh, USD. This is really warrants its own whole discussion about say, Silk, but everyone's very focused on la- launching dollar-derivative stablecoin. But here at Shade Protocol, we believe that uh, the dream of a stablecoin needs to be greater than any one sovereign currency. And so Silk's super unique in that the, the composition and what the peg is targeting can, can change via via governance. And so let's say Bitcoin one day took up 50% of global trading volume. Silk could be uh, 50% of its pet composition could, could be targeting um, Bitcoin. So it has the, the ability to evolve over time as the global macro economy evolves, whereas sovereign derivative stablecoins don't have that uh, flexibility. So anyways, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to dig into, but that's my answer to the algorithmic stablecoin debt and just kind of bringing Silk into the picture a little bit.
1: Got it. Well, I mean, you started already telling us a little bit about then what Silk will be, uh, as opposed to maybe what it might have been. And that's important. Uh, We're supposed to constantly be learning from our environments. Uh, So as we are about to get into that conversation, I'm going to do a quick reset on the space um, to let people know who have come in since the beginning. We do save time at the end of the space for questions. So the last 15 minutes or so will all be Q&A if you've got specific questions about shade or silk or anything that you think uh you know since we have carter's time and attention that you would want to bring to his attention so you can get his expert answer um, definitely take that opportunity you can start raising your hands let's say in about like 10 or 15 so we can get you up here in about 20. Uh, but we do secret spaces every week we have different guests every week this protocol with with or with carter who's their lead researcher we're talking about what happened with ust we're talking about what they've learned for silk so let's talk about then uh you know what is gonna happen with with silk now. And there, there's two things that I always think of when I think about what you guys are doing with Silk. Part of it is the privacy aspect, right? Because you're building on secret network. And we should talk a bit about how privacy impacts the value of stable coins and the value proposition of stable coins. Uh, but the other piece that I think about is interoperability because you're building on secret and therefore you're building in this IBC enabled ecosystem and we talked a little bit about this risk of interconnectedness but we should also talk about the benefits of having a universal stablecoin that would be accessible by any ibc enabled chain so depending on where you want to start with all of this carter right like we should talk about like how is silk going to leverage privacy and how does privacy impact stablecoins or how is silk going to leverage interoperability and what is that going to unlock for stable coins. Wherever you want to start with those two pieces of the puzzle, let's take one and then the other. I think that'll give us the most complete picture of what Silk is trying to do.
2: Yeah, no, that's a that's a perfect set of questions. Thank you, Tor. Um, let's start with the privacy component of stable coins. Right now, if I had a totally transparent stablecoin and I went up to a vendor in person and let's say I went and tried to buy a hot dog, uh, the person on the other end would be able to see my entire balance on a totally transparent chain and they would be able to see every transaction i've made since the beginning of time. And so not having privacy with stablecoins is a massive security risk and in some ways also a compliance risk as well. Privacy is an impar- a very important component of financial infrastructure. And so it's interesting cuz you know crypto total transparency was always kind of one of the, the things that was said to be a feature and not a bug, but i think for for those that have been uh, part of the privacy and blockchain community since 20, 2017, 2018, I think all of us run under the assumption that not having privacy is actually going to be one of the biggest barriers to bridging uh, real world adoption from Web3 um, to Web2. And so with Silk, because we're able to leverage Seeker Network's privacy, you would be able to go up to that ben- vendor, make a transaction, and they wouldn't be able to know what your entire you know balance is. They They wouldn't know who you are in essence, right? And the beauty of, of Secret Network is there's also something called viewing keys. And what viewing keys do is they allow you as a user to decrypt your own transactions, your own balances. And so Silk can have this everyday consumer privacy while also simultaneously having a path to auditability and compliance with financial institutions, potentially with government, governments. Um, and the goal of Silk is to give you that sovereignty. And, and same with Secret Network. The goal of it is to give Sovereignty back to users over how their data is used and shared, um, and so I think in order for stablecoins to to truly bridge back to Web two, we need to have privacy, and that's ultimately why Shade Protocol chose to build on Secret Network. It's the only platform right now with 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 amazing tooling and with those privacy preserving smart contracts to make the dream of a private stablecoin actually work. It's it's invaluable. Institutions have signaled to us that privacy preserving stablecoin. Um is valuable. Consumers have signaled that it's valuable. Now it's a matter of, of bridging it uh, effectively back to merchants, consumers, et cetera. Silk on the interoperability side, secret network is this, this beautiful interoperability hub for the greater cosmos um, for privacy. And with cross-chain contract calls on the near horizon, people are going to be able to leverage the privacy of secret network. Specifically, you could do something where uh, you could trigger something on a public chain that triggers a transaction of a a private transaction of of Silk on a different chain. And we don't entirely know what these these use cases can look like, but cross-chain smart contract calls are going to open up an entire use case domain. And I I truly believe Secret Network is going to be the heart of of that in terms of discovering uh, utility. And we want to bridge Silk to the larger cosmos. I think osmosis is a really, really obvious target. Um, at the same time, we want to be really careful with how quickly we expand. Terra kind of taught us that if you if you try to bring your stablecoin to too many places, too much, too fast, too soon, there's there's risks of of that interoperability. And so, I think our dream is to use the interoperability safely and to slowly expand liquidity onto other platforms um, within the Cosmos, but be very careful with with what that expansion looks like, because expansion without sustainability. Um, is ultimately not actually expansion. It's it's just something that's that's short term. So,
1: okay, interesting. Expansion without sustainability is not actual growth. There's got to be, though, some kind of tipping point, right? Like you have to grow to one if you want to grow to 100. So how are you guys thinking about that balance then? Between sustainability and growth. I'm just curious because I'm a very growth minded person myself, and I think about this all the time. Like, yeah, we should be thinking more about sustainability in the Web3 space. But just like in the Web2 space, like with a social media product, let's say, your social media product is only sustainable in the long term. Nothing, you know, if we talk about sustainability for one month, that's not terribly interesting. For 10 years is really interesting. But, you know, if something isn't big enough to be meaningful, It doesn't matter how long it lasts, it's unlikely to create a lot of positive value if there's only ever five people using this thing. And maybe those five people get a lot of value, but now where you haven't really dented anything about the world and something with a billion users, even if it's terribly designed, even if it's a privacy nightmare, is going to have a lot more global impact for better or worse. So we're talking about creating a stable coin with tremendous privacy advantages and also interoperability advantages. It should be best in class, but it could get beaten out by stable coins that don't have those advantages, especially on the privacy side, you know, where 99.99% of stable coins being experimented with don't have privacy by default. And they might be pursuing a growth at all costs mindset. How do you guys think then about that initial adoption Right. that'll allow you to get to these more sustainable conditions for a coin that's adopted enough for that to be meaningful at a global
2: scale. It's a really deep question. I think I'll, I'll make an addendum to my previous statement. I'll say this. If the stability of your economic system is dependent upon reaching a certain network effect, then that's a very risky system like silk will. See exponential growth as it sees like the network effect, and more and more people adopt it. But if the growth um, creates a stability risk in the system, then there there's something like fundamentally there, there's a risk in, in like a systemic risk that exists within the system. And so absolutely silk pursues growth, but not at the cost of of stability right like that that's the that's the fundamental point that has to be made when it comes to interoperability. You cannot pursue hyper growth if it's going to put uh, the stability into question. Now, if if we do things right and we do reach that network effective adoption, then that's that's like a healthy type of adoption. That's people like using and transacting silk, using it in their everyday lives, using it with merchants, right? Like this is like the similar dream to UST. You need exogenous demand for the stable coin separate from DeFi yield, right? That's how you achieve true healthy adoption is when people are buying the stablecoin and using the stablecoin not to generate yield, but for everyday commerce. And so that's the type of network effect growth that we want to pursue aggressively, but to bootstrap that, and this is kind of the chicken and the egg problem is like we exist in this world of web three. And the best way to do that is to kind of get it integrated into DeFi products. Um, so I, I think you have to be extremely careful, like the majority of the risk, um, can happen during that rapid expansion. And so I think I'm most scared about Silk's first two years of growth and, like, and how it happens. Um, it needs to bridge back to everyday commerce or we're not truly succeeding in the vision for it. And we're also potentially have, you know, stability of the system being challenged if it just purely exists in this little microcosm of, of Cosmos stable coins. So I guess in summary, like I said, if stability of the system is based off of reaching a certain network effect, then you should be worried. Growth is still good. Network effects are still good, but it should be surrounding adoption and usage uh, as opposed to chasing yield.
1: I mean, great answer. Hard question. I I think answering that question is not the difference between success and failure, right? Like You need to have a clearly refined, intelligent approach to the hardest problem, that balance between immediate short-term growth and long-term sustainability. But I think now, especially seeing how quickly UST sort of imploded on itself, we kind of understand how little is in our control sometimes, especially in these complex interconnected systems. And we really should be focusing on the things that we do control. And I think you've already made the best possible decision, selfishly speaking, which is to build in the secret ecosystem. So... You've already solved the biggest problem, which is how do you get these privacy and interoperability advantages without having to reinvent everything yourself? Now, Shade can really concentrate on what it takes to be a sustainable, stable coin model with those advantages for the long term. Think about that go-to-market adoption without having to compromise either on ethos or on these technical capabilities. So hopefully this inspires some other people who are listening to this space. If you have ideas that are perfectly suited for the secret ecosystem and taking advantage of our privacy and interoperability, uh, you know, it is best in class. There's a reason we chose to build in the cosmos. There's a reason uh, that we put privacy at the center of the project. It's so that teams like Shade Protocol can show up and build things that have never been built. Uh, So let's start allowing for people to put their hands up. I think I see one or two already. We'll start bringing people up, let's say in about five minutes. And before we get there, I'll ask my last question, a little bit derivative of this, um, which is making you make a prediction, which is always fun to do, because I can't possibly hold you accountable for the success or failure of these predictions. And I also don't think that, you know, any of us are particularly well qualified to give educated guesses about things that could happen in two years, anywhere in Web3, when some of us can't even guess what's going to happen in two days. So. Understanding that you're already set up for failure. Carter, where do you see stable coins in the cosmos over the next year or even two?
2: Great question. Difficult question. So I think inevitably from all of this, we're going to see multiple over collateralized stable coins emerge in the cosmos. Um, I know Agoric has some really interesting solutions. I know Comdex as well is a really cool one. Um, I know silk will be coming coming to market after everything's everything's safe. so what I envision is we'll probably have three to four uh stable coins do really, really well across multiple platforms. inevitably, there's gonna be some sort of stable swap that emerges uh, in in the cosmos and there'll be aggregation and safety and security from having many, many stable coins uh decentralized stable coins hopefully working together. To increase depth of of liquidity, as that's just extremely important to the security of these systems. I think in the short term, USDC is going to be king in the cosmos, purely because Osmosis is putting so much emphasis on trying to pull that asset into their ecosystem. But I don't don't think that USDC adoption of the cosmos is going to outpace decentralized solutions uh, such as Silk. Just because I, I think the Cosmos ecosystem of consumers really do value um, like the potential of an over collateralized decentralized stablecoin. Like I, I think that um, we're going to see those emerge. So I think there'll be hundreds and hundreds of millions of stablecoin liquidity uh, in the next year or so. I think it's going to take maybe five to six months for everything to get out there from all these different new potential stablecoins, and it's going to take consumers a while to be okay with something that isn't tether or usdc even in the cosmos but then i think we see another potentially dangerous as we've seen cambrian explosion in adoption of stable coins in the cosmos again as people become more comfortable and as these projects uh prove them prove themselves out so that would be the cosmos prediction
1: i love it well we've got a few hands up here uh so i'm going to start bringing people up to ask their questions of you And if we still have time at the end, we do sometimes have time at the end of these quarter spaces to talk about what's next for Secret as an ecosystem. Uh, So if you don't necessarily have a question for Carter, but you do have your own updates after we get through all the questions, we may have time for people to just give like quick 30 second lightning talk overviews of what they've got going on in the ecosystem. But I want to save as much time as we can for the for the hands that we do already have up. There's three already. So I'm going to bring them up on stage here. Um, and we'll call on everybody in order.
2: One last disclaimer to I'll add, um, I know people have talked about like leadership in, in relation to what's happened recently. And I just want to say that there's, um, many, many contributors other than, than Carter Wetzel to shade protocol. So I don't, I don't want any of my answers to be seen as like the end all or be all. It's a, it's a decentralized community. I'm blessed to be one of the researchers, um, but there's, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very fallible, and um, I'll do the best to answer any questions.
1: Cool. Thank you for the disclaimer. I, I appreciate it. And yes, as Secret is a very large decentralized community of contributors, and I personally do not speak for Secret Network. I am just a voice coming through a Secret Network Twitter account. There are many contributors to Shade Protocol. Carter is one of them. He's an expert on these topics, but... You know, you're asking your question of Carter. He's going to do his best. You're not asking necessarily the final authoritative shade protocol answer on any of your questions. With that understood, yep. let's work through who we've already got up here. Uh, let's start with uh, the first hand that I saw up was, and I can never remember, dude, Sefi C- or C5. I'm going to assume to Yeah, Sefi, yeah,
3: I'm good. Nice. <laughs>
1: you're, you're up, then we'll go to NorCal, then we'll go to uh, Abiodun. Those are the, those are the three I saw in order. So go ahead.
3: Um, yeah. Um, got a little bit of noise here, so hopefully uh, we're okay. But um, so, you know, envisioning kind of this like stablecoin future, um, you know, it seems like each layer one is coming up with its own solution. Um, I, I think it's an interesting problem is sort of like the velocity of remittances. So, Let's say during, you know, a Silk bank run scenario where Silk is present on other platforms, whether it's other layer ones, centralized exchanges, merchants, whatever. Right. Um, You know, it almost seems to me in in a decentralized system, what we lack appears to be also a decentralized um, sort of like decentralized potential remittance destinations. So the, the, it's almost like you, the speed with which you can get to a place where you can remit um, might be really important. So, if, like, for example, if you have a, your chain is congested, then um, you basically need to be able to, like, get somewhere to sort of, like, drop off your money and exchange it for collateral, uh, supposedly. Um, and then the second thing is kind of, like, along with that is, um, you know, the collateral itself uh, how decentralized is it, and and how you know quickly can remittances occur? So I think you know the idea. And then the third thing really is if you over collateralize, where like what is the incentive for people to actually provide collateral because it's sort of like in some ways dead money. So who who would be incentivized to do that, and otherwise how do you scale it? So that is that in, kind of encompasses my worries about creating a decentralized system in general after what we've seen
2: no and i think we all ideas yeah no it's an, it's an excellent point and i think whenever you have liquidity that exists outside of your your system in the event of a bank run we've seen those external places are where capital flows through first right and most aggressively so that's why I think there has to be research done. I think it's why like protocol owned liquidity is like such an important variable here. Um, because imagine you had a protocol where the stablecoin expands in lockstep with the amount of lock liquidity that exists at large. It seems like you could come up um like that that the direct security of the system is tied, to, as you said, the speed of remittance as well as like the depth of of liquidity available for those remittances. So I, I think, like on the research side, that's one of the things we're really challenging ourselves on is like, what would it look like to tie depth of liquidity to expansion of the stablecoin? But I think that's more to do with if you start to head more in the algorithmic direction. Um, like the overcollateralized model has proven it's it's you know obviously it's still it's still dependent on liquidity, um, but it's a relatively you know safe system. But it's capital inefficient. And I, I think we're all kind of like aware of that trade-off, right? Like whenever you I tweeted this out recently, if you ever whenever you optimize for a single attribute, there you're inevitably making like a very large trade-off. And so if you're hundred percent optimizing for security of a stable coin, you're gonna end up with something that's like brutally capital inefficient, but then it then it guarantees this one attribute of like, but hey, it's gonna it's gonna hold its 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 value, right? Um and so I I kind of view it as this slider between growth and security. And can we intelligently move that slider dynamically for a stable coin in relation to variables like volatility and depth of liquidity? I think, I think that's like the, the, end, the end game. So I don't know if that specifically answers any of your questions. I'm happy if you want to like retake. Yeah, it, yeah it's,
3: a, it's a tricky problem to solve. And I, you know, I was just trying to figure out the incentive scheme for collateralizing. You know, I, I almost wonder if, may, you know, if you look at what happened to Terra and we had a big community pool, right? We could have used, I guess our community pool to buy exogenous collateral. And maybe the, the answer is to some extent, while things are growing, the layer one ends up having to subsidize some of the collateralizations of the staple coin, the platform to entice the growth of the platform. Maybe, you know, I'm just trying to figure out where that money comes from. And, you know, if, if it benefits the community, maybe that's, Maybe that's the answer.
2: You know, I I think that's a, I think it's a great point. So one thing that's unique about Shade Protocol is it's today, we've just talked about Silk, but Shade Protocol is actually an array of connected privacy preserving DeFi applications. So imagine if Terra, imagine if all of the value capture from Mirror Protocol, from TerraSwap, from White Whale, from Anchor, imagine if none of those launched their own tokens and all of those revenue streams are, are redirected back directly to the DAO and to stakers. Conceivably, if you build out a diverse enough DeFi ecosystem, you could treat the stablecoin to a degree as like a loss leader that gets subsidized by all the other applications because it provides such a valuable service to those applications, right? And if you think of every, if you think of every um, UST in existence as a liability then it needs to generate value that outpaces that liability issuance, right? Like that's kind of the the goal of the system in order for it to like truly work over the long haul and grow as a system. Um, But I think Shape Protocol has been uniquely positioned because we're not saying that Shape Protocol is just a stable coin. Shape Protocol is trying to build out every key DeFi primitive. And we're doing that with an aggressive grants program. And you should tune in June 7th and 8th at Decentral Austin because we have some really Uh, cool announcements and partnerships because there are many, many developers other than the core team that are beginning to understand this kind of unified DeFi vision Um, because maybe that is part of the answer. Maybe like a stable coin truly on its own with no other revenue streams is like a very difficult problem. But what if we, what if we treated it as a, as a loss leader? What if we treated it as something that had to be subsidized to a degree with the growth? And it's an interesting question. I'm not saying that's the answer, but it is, it is a, a consideration if you're trying to go with the capital inefficient system.
1: Awesome question. Awesome answer. Let's make sure we get through the other two people who have their hands up, but thanks so much uh, for engaging with this today, man. I, I know you've got a ton of thoughts on the topic and thanks for showing up. Really appreciate it. Let's go to yeah, more Steffi, Cal crypto.
2: Oh, sorry. You should, you should DM L underscore Wetzel on Twitter. I have like, I've honestly followed you for over a year as a, as a huge fan of, of Tara. So I, I would love to like hop on a call sometime and, and like chat with you and Learn more of your insights, really, really
3: value your contributions to that ecosystem. And we'll, we'll, like we'll do if you keep me anonymous, I might be able to find you in Austin.
2: <laughs> Sounds good.
3: My, that, my life that's is a, so
2: <laughs> The good news about Secret Network is we value privacy and, um, yeah, happy to like try to, try to make that work.
1: Sick, yeah. Uh, I should mention really quickly, and then we are going to Markel. Uh, Secret Network will be out in force in Austin for Decentral. For uh, consensus as well, we'll be there. We're doing a side event on the eighth. If you're going to be in Austin during that time period, just make sure you're following Secret Networks. So you can get our announcements about that. Uh, Shade will have their own booth there. Carter will talk. I will be talking. It's going to be a blast. Um, so keep that in mind. I'm going to toss things over to NorCal because we've only got nine minutes left. F- please ask your question, NorCal. Sorry to keep punting. No problem. Uh, thanks for the space. I'm going to make this brief just because it's not on point with the subject right now. Uh, but the um, the Kepler wallet is not uh, protected by a Ledger device. And it should be. Uh, I just got a I got an airdrop from the very beginning taken from me about a, a month ago. And um, it is unfortunate. And so like I said, this is not on point. So I'll take this to Discord if there's a channel over there where somebody would like to get more information about just my perspective on on you know something safer um which is part of the it's it's an important piece of this whole network is having a good uh, browser wallet one that's that's you know secure
2: totally Um, i think there's actually some there's a there's a new wallet coming to seeker network i'm sure they would love to hear your type of feedback on, on security and your, your experience. Is that, that's Starshell, correct Tor? Is that the name of?
1: There's multiple. Wallet. Honestly, I keep, I keep hearing about dedicated wallets that are coming that are not only going to have some browser support, are also looking at mobile support, I know we've also been talking with Kepler about mobile support, which may only be for like non-contract interactions, but still would go a long way for people who just want to manage their staking rewards and other things on mobile. Uh, there's a ton of things. That obviously needs to be improved at an infrastructure level about not only secret, but every layer one blockchain. Um, and there's things that we can be doing as best practices, even if we're using a web browser, right? Like I use my ledger with Kepler for most things that I'm going to try to do uh, with the network. And it's, it's you know, doing as good as you can is still not good enough, but it's it, it certainly helps. Uh, I think the only answer that I have for that is just there's a ton of great teams building. They will reveal their products in their own time. But beyond Starshell, there's also Cryptic uh, and a few others that that I've heard about that are trying to build better solutions for the ecosystem that'll have app integration as well. And I agree that's what we need to scale. Um, But we also are very lucky that we do have some Kepler support for the ecosystem right now because they are a very popular wallet all across the cosmos. Um, And they've been great supporters of the project in the past. So I I hope that that continues to improve as a core piece of our infrastructure. I think having more competitive wallets um, is just good for everybody. Uh, It'll help establish a baseline for what we sort of expect for fundamental infrastructure for the network and its participants. Sounds great. Thank you very much. For sure. Well, it's six minutes left now from here to the top of the hour. Uh, I'm going to bring Abby Odin back up here because they dropped, but they put their hand back up. Uh, what's here? They've got a question for Carter and Shade. Hopefully the connection works. We all know Twitter Spaces is temperamental. Um, but I assure you it's not personal if we can't get you up here. It is just one of those things about Twitter that we all live with. All right, let's see if it worked. Abby Odin, can you speak? And hopefully I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Do you want to try unmuting? Okay, may not be working, but we can keep trying. I see one more hand up, so I'm going to bring up that one more hand, which is Tacky, Taki, Tacky. we'll find out in a second. All right, Taki, I think you're going to ask our last question. Can you hear me? Yes.
4: All right. Yeah. All right. So I, I can't feel like I'm late, but I just want to just chip in my question very quickly. So I see shared protocol here, and I feel very prevalent. Is there any um, common airdrop for Chris stickers and, and so coming up soon or, or thereabout. That's my first question. And secondly, um, I really want to learn something i have this um i'm a university student um, an economist in, in the making so i'm planning on um, integrating a particular project and i wanted to be on this um secret um, blockchain but i think i need some tutoring on how to access um, the secret blockchain and get project done on it so is there any help or any area i can or anything i need to do to get that done so that's my full question yeah thanks for
2: the question so i think you if- First question you broke up on me a little bit, but I think it was about staking and the airdrop. Um, bunch of alpha about that will be coming out June 7th and 8th, so stay tuned for that. Team has been heads down building um, out the feature set for all these things, and so we're super pumped to share more details on, on that at Decentral Texas. Concerning the building side of things, be sure to check out the uh, docs.seeker.network or go to scrt.network and check out the developer Documentation there. Um, there's actually been a really good overhaul of the documentation recently. So like great tutorials there. You can also join the Secret Network Discord, uh, join the developer community if you're looking for to join a team or a fun project to work on, or if you're looking for a grant. Just be sure to get plugged into the Secret Network Discord, walk through the documentation, and and meet folks. There's actually a developer committee that meets every Monday at um, 11 a.m. CST. So if you want to hop on there and meet some other developers, they would be like super, super pumped to help you on your journey. If you're trying to develop on secret network or learn more about how it all works. Tor, if you want to add anything.
1: I think that's a perfectly good answer. I think we can leave it there only because we just have a few more minutes before the top of the hour. And I want to take us back to uh, final calls to action that shade might have. I wanted to give you the floor, the last three minutes let people know the best way for them to keep up on what's happening with shade, with silk and the whole ecosystem. Um and if there's any last alpha you want to leak well you've got a captive audience here.
2: Yeah. I just wanna say um, Hello uh, oh, Hello. Hello, sorry.
4: Please let me comment Sam I'm going from Nigeria, so I just. I'm on my way going home. So I just log into my Twitter account and I see this. The first person I also saw is West Painter. I do follow him on YouTube. So I'm immune to cryptocurrency. So a friend of mine actually lost some amount of money to what they call to Luna some days ago. So they actually draw me back to going to cryptocurrency soon in the process actually i you're I logging actually hear one of, i say hear the speaker talking about cosmos please is there any tutorial platform or any platform that a novice now anybody coming in as, as a novice or as a as a beginner who applying or could get involved in maybe probably for to be for a beginning probably free and uh, what is it called no free as what I mean as free 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 no money included for a tutorial kind of a tutorial or kind of a an a program an a program for a novice or for someone on getting because even me I say I say I involved in a program which I actually love that actually to a scam actually. That actually baffled me a lot. And for me, I don't want to involve in the project which I you know a long project, which I could involve my time, actually I know more about this project. Actually, is there any pro platform which I could follow or is there anybody which I could follow which could be could be more enlightened about this project? Huh?
1: Yeah, I yes. think really good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say uh one thing that we recommend and thank you for your question. Uh, you should look into secret agents because we have secret agents all over the world. And instead of you know just learning in one place and reading, you can learn from other people in your local community uh, because secret agents are represented all over the world in, in dozens of countries. And they are very passionate about cosmos, secret, all of these things that you're asking about. So for you and for everybody in this call listening, you go to our website, scrt.network. It's also uh, in our Twitter profile information, scrt.network slash agents. Or you can look for some of the links on the website and they will go to the agents program uh, and you can learn more about it. You join, you follow the directions uh, and you can start meeting people in the community, but also people who are in your local community. That's my best recommendation for what you would do next if you wanted to learn a bit more and get more involved and find opportunities for yourself.
4: So is that can I start, start from Utah, actually? Uh,
1: I'm I'm sorry, what was the question?
4: I mean can I start this procedure from, from you actually?
1: That that's how you would start the process. I, that's that's the best way because I don't manage the secret agents program. The community manages all of the secret agents uh, and help organize themselves all over the world but if you go to the website there's all the information on how you can join okay okay okay. thanks thank you good question let's close it up then we're past the top of the hour but carter has promised what next
2: yeah first i just want to give like a, a really big thank you to the shade protocol community um i think for everyone Watching what happened to Terra, it was it was like really shocking, and so to know that the community believes in the set of builders and researchers enough to say, "Hey, this happened. This impacts us because we were, you know, we we were we've been falling in line with a lot of Terra's model." Um, and so seeing that the community, you know, is trusting um, the community of core contributors to pivot and to grow what happened, like to grow from what happened, it means a lot to the team. I promise you that. Like it's, um, the responsibility is, is, is not light. And what happened to Terra, It's, it's heavy. It's super heavy for anyone building, trying to build the future of like the financial system, and uh, truly believing in that silk can, can change the world. Um, it's, it's just so heavy to carry that like these things can happen to these experiments in in decentralized finance. And so just thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the community. Your support means the world to us and everyone's working their tails off to make sure um, that we can, that we can do it the right way and the safe way. Um, So that's my, my first thing I wanted to open with. Um, Second, please join our community. Uh, Follow us on, on Twitter uh, at shade protocol shade underscore protocol. Um, Join the discord, join the telegram, get, get plugged in. If you're a builder, we actually have a grants program, which is semi-unusual for app layer projects to have like a grant program like we do. So be sure to uh, check that out, join the conversation. And finally, uh, look, look forward to June 7th and 8th at Decentral Austin. We have been heads down building products, not just Silk. And uh, we have a lot to show for uh, there. So, and thank you Tor. Be sure to follow Secret Network, follow Tor Bear. Um, Thank you for being such a gracious host and bringing us on today.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Carter, for coming on and being an awesome guest. As always, if you Google Shade Protocol or DuckDuckGo Shade Protocol, and you look for videos of Carter speaking at length about Silk Shade and all kinds of topics in the blockchain space, you will find a lot of other awesome explanations from him and others in the secret ecosystem. But Carter in particular has got some great content out there. He's also got a book. He's very modest, Um, but yeah, an overachiever in the secret ecosystem, bringing an amazing product to life with the rest of the shade protocol team. We'll bring you guys back onto a future secret spaces. Maybe we'll meet even more members of the team. That would be an awesome opportunity in the meantime, good luck with all the launches. We'll see you in Austin. That'll be very exciting. And then of course, for everybody else listening, we do secret spaces every Tuesday. We're going to be back here next Tuesday, May 31st, same time, 5 PM UTC. 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern. We will have new guests, new secrets, new alpha, always something going on in the secret ecosystem. We are still basking in the successful Shockwave alpha mainnet upgrade. We've already seen some of these awesome improvements coming, but there's many, many more in the works. Uh, We will continue to drop that knowledge. Uh, Obviously, lots of dApps launching as well. I think some of this cool alpha will probably... Uh, get revealed in austin so in the next few weeks pay attention to the secret ecosystem keep listening to secret spaces you never know what you might find out learn uh and then again come join our communities i'll see you on the discord chat.fcrt.network join the agents program at scrt.network slash agents uh and then see you back this time next week for secret spaces have a wonderful rest of your week everyone thanks for coming today have a good one guys Plenty of room in the shade. (laughs) Oh, man. Is that a trademark yet? It's close. It's close. Plenty of room in the shade. Everyone has secrets. (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a good week. Talk to you soon. See you back here.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Secret Spaces featuring Shade Protocol with some alpha about Silk. Recorded on Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to keep on listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers, rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind you hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words, enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd. Let me take you on the journey. Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern. For certain got the taxes included. Acting like a writer, never felt secluded. Thank you. And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble